Hi and welcome. My name is Black Robe. It's not my real name, but it is a pseudonym that I'm using. Welcome to Land of Fire and Ice, New Plymouth. I am going to change the format a little bit today. Um, today we're going to be working on a, a new um, idea. Um, I have come upon a bunch of new friends that I really enjoy being around and talking with and I have noticed that there is a need for um, some of the basic principles of preparedness um, not because they don't know it but because in reviewing it a lot of times we can see the gaps and holes in our <laughs> own preparedness plan and uh, also, I expect here presently we'll be seeing some issues come along and right now is the time to uh, firm up our preparedness and make sure that all is taken in and closed up against the storm. So let's jump in. <clears throat> Many of our, us have our lives pretty much under control. As long as nothing major goes wrong, we go through the days with our fingers crossed and our eyes closed. We can pay, keep the bills paid, food on the table, and the family reasonably happy as long as life is smooth. But just glancing at the newspaper and the internet <laughs> is enough to scare us to death because it proves that life is not smooth at all. How could you cope if that earthquake were in your city? If that flood was devastating your community, if gas prices tripled in a matter of months, if a member of your family was involved in that accident, all these things and more and worse have happened to real people in just um, the recent year. No doubt most of them have also thought it can't happen to me, but crises did happen to them and they also could happen to you. In today's society, few of us are geared to rely solely upon ourselves for the necessities of life. In a world where electricity and technology reign, we are accustomed to an instantaneous response to the dial, the switch, the remote, and the button. There is a grocery store in every neighborhood, a convenience store in every corner. Turn the tap and fresh water is yours for the drinking. Turn the thermostat and you can be cozy in the middle of winter. However, crises and disasters don't make appointments before they come calling. Emergencies do happen and, and the time may come where you may have to rely upon yourself. It is time you open your eyes and stop counting on your cross fingers to keep you safe and happy. It is possible to keep going even when the floor drops out from underneath your feet. It doesn't happen by accident. It happens because you have thought about it, planned, and prepared. Some people choose not to be prepared for an emergency or hard times because the prospect of dealing with a crisis is too frightening. Others don't plan for adversary or adversity because... Uh, sufficient preparation seems to be too big of an undertaking. 
Still, others avoid preparation because they don't have a clue how to go about it. And so in this podcast, um, we're going to hijack the format a little bit (laughs) and uh, have an undertaking of preparedness. You have in your hands the solution and the answers to getting through the worst that life can throw at you, as well as merely the annoying things that life can serve up. Being prepared does require time and effort. Being prepared is not just a matter of keeping a flashlight in your cupboard or tons of whole wheat under your bed. It is a matter of understanding the principles involved in being prepared, pulling the different aspects into a personalized program tailoring to your own situation, and then putting that program into practice slowly and steadily. You will need to realize right up front that being prepared requires time and effort as you learn new principles, begin new habits, and adapt the things you've already begun. It takes money and space, two things few of us have enough of. But don't be discouraged by that. We'll talk about how to find both of those without setting a printing press in your cellar. Or setting up a printing press in your cellar. So I'm reading a book right now and going through it with you. This is the first time I've actually read it. Um, I, I read a little bit right before I do these um, podcasts. However, this is from a book called Preparedness Principles and it's by Barbara Salisbury. The Complete Personal Preparedness Resource Guide for Any Emergency Situation. So this book offers workable solutions to meet your individual and family needs in an emergency. It provides you with the knowledge and skills necessary to set up a realistic, organized program of personal preparedness suitable to your circumstances, environment, and budget. It's a personalized action plan that will enable you to cope with most that Mother Nature's temper tantrums and the majority of man-made disruptions of normal daily life with a minimum of discomfort and a maximum of confidence. If, as it has been said, experience is a good teacher, I have been taught well. Let me share with you what I've come to call um, preparedness or um, provident living. All right, so going forward here, um, I will be um, doing some of these type of podcasts, but I will also be doing some uh, spiritual nature type podcasts, Um, and and I'm doing that because, (laughs) friends, I really feel that the time is closing in where if you are prepared and have everything brought in, then you will be at peace and you will be able to handle what comes at us. And if you don't, you will be standing in the bread lines begging for food amongst several thousand people. And who knows if that bread line is going to produce any food that you can bring home to your family. 
that's what usually happens in countries where fascism and evil has taken over the country. It is the type of thing that happens in countries where unfortunate circumstances um, such as uh, um, emergencies uh, caused by nature or war and pestilence. So <laughs> I, I'm doing these things um, with the humblest of attitude. I don't want to sound like I'm preaching to you. I don't want to sound like I have found this treasure trove of knowledge and I'm sharing it with you. I'm going along and doing this with you as we go through this. I have been um, trying to be prepared for a very long time. Uh, I have succeeded in some ways and I have failed in others. So I'm uh, going to be going through this with you and we will see where we go. I'm going to be sharing some of my experiences. Um, there are also some experiences from this book. I don't really want to share the experiences from the book just because they're not going to sound uh, true coming from me. <laughs> um, so if, if at all possible, I'm going to be trying to share some of my experiences instead of from the book. Um, I would tell you to uh, go ahead if you can find this book. It's a great resource. Um, however, if it's not um, available or if you like to listen to podcasts and you get your information from podcasts, this is a great way to go through uh, preparedness uh, principles while you're doing some other tasks. So we'll start at chapter one here under the umbrella of preparedness. We'll do um, a little bit of this chapter and then we'll call it it for the day. If I were to tell you what you needed to be prepared, your first question might be, for what? It is a very valid question. If you need to be prepared to survive an earthquake, you would go about preparing your home, gathering your supplies in a completely different manner than if you were preparing to survive an extended period of unemployment. Likewise, if you're ready to face hazardous chemical spill on a nearby highway that requires you to leave your home immediately, you'd have different supplies and equipment than if you were ready for a three-year drought. Being prepared to triumph over one kind of crisis does not necessarily make you ready to laugh at the face of all problems. When life rains on your parade, what you really need is more or less an umbrella of protection. The umbrella has been long a symbol to recognize, to represent protection, a shield from the elements. The goal of preparedness principles, this book, is to help you design a personal preparedness umbrella that will provide protection, confidence, and comfort to suit your needs and circumstances. Personal experience has taught that being prepared does not make the crisis disappear. Even if you're ready, it's still there, only in a more manageable proportions. Commodities combined with knowledge and skill create confidence and lessen chaos. Preparedness is much more than just food storage. 
food certainly factors into it, but it's more than just that. It is self-sufficiency applied at a very person in a very personal manner. It is being in control of being or being in control of, during out of control situations. On September 22, 2004, President George W. Bush, in his address to the United Nations, in his young century, or he said, in this young century, we need a new definition of security. For nations of the world, his answer was homeland security. Very, very bad thing. <laughs> For families of the nation, I suggest what we need is home security. I encourage you to do what you can, where you can, when you can. As individuals, you and I can't resolve the frightening situations of the state, country, or world, but we can resolve to do something to create our own safe haven through the attitude and action of preparedness programs. Home is a safe haven. Your attitude figures heavily into the formula. On one hand, you can hide your head in the sand and keep your fingers crossed, hoping bad things won't happen. On the other hand, you can head for the hills with your gun and gas mask. Neither attitude is particularly appropriate or reasonable. The better choice is to walk in the middle of the road by making your home a safe haven where you live confidently for today and prepare security or securely for tomorrow. Practical preparation now could very well make the difference between coping and chaos. You are in charge of tailing your preparedness program to your needs, to your circumstances, and within your budget. Unlike riding a roller coaster or being pregnant, being prepared is not an all-or-nothing thing. Being a little bit prepared is a whole lot better than nothing at all. Being pre well prepared is better than being a little bit prepared. You determine how much you're willing to do. Practicality reigns. I'm not advocating for you to turn your home into a wall-to-wall -wall storage unit that you become so obsessed with that of what might happen that you stop living there. Uh, instead, I am urging you to learn the principles of preparedness and determine what is going to work for you, then get to it. You can do what needs to be done to feel secure. You can take it one step at a time with a personalized plan of action and positive, positive prepared or preparation minimizes panic and fear. All right. So they have a little diagram here, and unfortunately, <laughs> you're not going to be able to, to see the diagram, so I guess I'm going to have to explain it. Um, I just need a little sip of my hot chocolate here. Hold on. Okay. So we've got a type of disaster on the very top row. Okay. So we have wash our worst case scenario. The next one over is provident living. The next one over is dealing with disasters. And the next one over is emergency evacuation. All of these, except for one, are considered what we call bug in situations. Okay. So what that means is it means that your home will be your safety and your umbrella. 
Um, so you are preparing your home to be comfortable and safe in emergencies. The last one, emergency evacuation, is called bug out. And what that means is you're going to get that which you can carry in whatever means of conveyance that is available at the time. And you will take those things and leave the area and get to an area that is a little more safe and secure, offers a little uh, shelter from the elements, and then you're going to set up and live in that area with the stuff that you bring with you. Okay, so um, down the other side of it, it says type of disaster, description, shelter, duration, causes, special emphasis, and overlap. Okay, so um, we can talk a little bit about that as we go. What I'm going to do is I'm actually going to jump right to emergency evacuation because honestly, it's the easiest thing um, because uh, you've determined and decided that your area, for whatever reason, is, cannot be your umbrella anymore. Something threatens your existence in your area. Okay, so that can be natural or man-made disasters requiring evacuation. So what would that be? Uh, let's go with natural first. Uh, earthquake that knocks down your house. Another one might be um, a flood, which makes your house uninhabitable. Another one might be uh, fires. Um, currently in Canada, we have, <laughs> I think it's 380 some fires going in BC. So lots of fires. Some of those places have been evacuated. Their whole entire town has been burnt down. So that would be a natural disaster that you need to pick your stuff up. And with what conveyances you have, you need to get out. What are man-made disasters? Man-made disasters are things where you're not going to be safe in your home uh, because of people. So usually the idea is after a large emergency where normal life is disrupted, um, most people out there have less than 72 hours worth of food in their house and available for them to eat in emergencies. So you can count that when a large emergency happens, within 72 hours, people are going to start looking for other sources of food. If that means kicking down your door and uh, taking the food that you have, that's what they're going to do. So in large-scale disasters, hunkering down and uh, beefing up your security seems like the best thing to do. However, you need to analyze this and see whether or not it is a man-made disaster which will cause people to come and make your umbrella of security unsafe. Wars. Wars are a, a very big man-made disaster. Um, having been in a war, I have seen where people who have wonderful houses surrounded by big earthen walls um, had to leave their safety 
the relative safety and run into the hills. Uh, as various factions of fighters came through their area. Uh, so for shelter, you are forced out of your home. There are no utilities, no services or supplies available other than what you take with you. This is the bug out situation. The duration, short term, 72 hours, three days at least. Okay, so we were talking about that three days. Within three days, you're going to have zombies, people who are extremely hungry, out there, extremely afraid. And you're also going to have that element of society who believes that what they should have comes from other people, not necessarily the stores. And so they will come and, and take their liberties because they know that law enforcement has broken down and there's nothing stopping them from coming in and hurting you and taking your stuff. Causes. Localized emergencies requiring evacuation. So we've kind of gone through this before up above. However, it was very general. Uh, natural disasters, weather-related disasters, chemical spills. I've been in one of those evacuations. Uh, wildfires, terrorism, war, etc. Special emphasis. All essentials need to be manageable, portable, containered, and... Uh, small, compact, and lightweight. So if you are, if you don't have gas, you didn't store gas, or you didn't, or something's wrong with your vehicle at the time, uh, such as an earthquake and uh, roads are split and you're not going to be able to get anywhere in your car, then you're going to need to be able to have um, stuff that you can carry on your back or in a cart of some kind so that it distributes some of the weight onto the cart. Um, if not, guess what? You're lightweight camping and you're going to need to be able to take only what is on your back and the foodstuffs that you're going to be taking are going to have to be the freeze-dried variety or something that is easily portable and easily accessible without a lot of water because usually in these lightweight situations you're going to have to find water along the way and you're going to have to have water uh, purification ability in order to use the water that you find. So um, you're literally going to be carrying several liters of water on you and then you're going to have to re refurbish or refill that water as you go. And then the overlap. Um, essential elements affect all of these categories that we're going to be talking about. Um, attitude, coping skills, money management, finding a room for a pantry. Um, or finding a room in a backpack, <laughs> as it may be. So that's, uh, that's the easiest one. That's the one where you just decide, okay, time to get out, let's go. Excuse me. All right, so let's go back to... Worst case scenario, long-term calamity. All right. Um, the description is it's a long-term calamity. What exactly does that mean? Um, if we go down to causes, it kind of goes through a little bit more of what it means. War, drought, devastating storms, terrorism, etc. 
Okay, so these are things that you're going through them, but you're at home and uh, you're you're trying to suffer through them. There's very little um, help from the government. The government's no help anyways, but in certain cases during an emergency, sometimes they help you with bread lines and they help you with, uh, you know, basic sanitation sometimes, but, and, and they attempt to get those basic things that you need, such as utilities to your house so that you stay in your house. <laughs> okay. So shelter, you are in your home with normal utilities. However, no food or supplies are available anywhere or at any price. Your survival depends upon your supplies. So essentially the government leaves on the power, the government leaves on the water, the government leaves on the gas. Up here in Canada, we require a lot of uh, heating gas, uh, natural gas type stuff, liquid gas. Um, so they leave that on, but then they essentially have no other ability to get you any food. The duration would be a long term, many months or a year or more. Um, causes, again, we went through this widespread catastrophe due to war, drought, devastating storms, terrorism, etc. And the special emphasis would be um, core concept, uh, bare bones basic, bare bones basic complements, bare bone basic companions, and long-term storage. That's what we're going to be going through in the future. Uh, we're going to be, um, essentially, uh, if you have that bare bones, that uh, beans and rice, your, your wheat berries, your um, flour, your yeast for making bread, um, access or, or uh, animals like chickens, um, that produce eggs for you, that produce meat for you, um, you know, things like that. And then on top of that, just to make these bare bones a little more palatable, things like spices and, uh, ways to, to make, uh, older food and older food storage edible again. Um, it's amazing what uh, a little bit of Tabasco sauce will do to food that is slightly overaged. Um, <laughs> so, um, and then there are certain things that if you had and were just able to um, have a little bit here and there, it really makes your, your um, it changes uh, that boredom of your palate. So, um, if you're able to make different kinds of breads, to be able to incorporate some of the things from your environment, um, to be able to incorporate uh, um, uh, things like sprouts, bean sprouts, and, and lettuce sprouts, things like that, that, that give you um, alfalfa sprouts, things that give you that feeling like you have some fresh vegetables, um, and, and those kind of things, it's very easy and nice and it just goes along. You know, if you have uh, a mitt full of uh, um, growing um, uh, uh, sprouts, seed sprouts, then then it just it just makes your day. You're just like, wow, my 
I feel like I have some roughage in me and it was green and it was good and yummy and had nice, nice taste to it. So, you know, that's, that's that companion, um, bare bones, basic things. All right, let's go on to the next one. Uh, provident living rainy days and hard times. So this is what we're, you probably used to seeing a lot of us haven't been in war a lot of us haven't seen these terrible terrible things that last for years and years um, some of us have seen hard times and so this is the provident living rainy days and hard times you are in your home with normal utilities and foods and supplies available but you do not have sufficient money or means to acquire food frugality is required so you're able to go out occasionally and get some staples but you know you have to be frugal with what you have uh, short term or long term a few weeks to a year or more um, things that cause this kind of uh, uh, situation for provident living are economic crisis unemployment personal financial difficulties um, death in the family or death of a provider medical problems hospital stay extended family needs, or etc. And the special emphasis is the pantry principle. Practical, provident, or prudent, and provident. So you are going to, um, you are going to have stuff in your storage that acts a lot like if you were going to the store. So it would be a good thing to be able to have shaving needs taken care of for a year, uh, feminine products for a year, that kind of thing, stored on a shelf. So when you need them, you go down into your um, your storage room and you go through and you say, okay, I need this, this, and this, and this. We're going to use it totally up and uh, we're going to use it well and we're going to be uh, making sure that it you know it lasts a long time so like if you have a year's worth of shaving stuff what you might do is you have some facial hair clippers and so you would facial hair clip your hair on your face and then you would use your shaving every once every um, four or five days so then you would shave with the electric razor and then shave every four or five days um, Unfortunately, feminine products, you got to have what you need, so get a lot of them. Um, and, you know, you're, you're stretching things out. You're using things twice and three times more than they should be, but you got to use them that way and be provident that way. Uh, or, and, and, uh, but then there are certain things that you have to be more practical with, like uh, feminine supplies and, and that kind of stuff, where, uh, unfortunately, there's just no stretching it out. <laughs> All right, so going to, on to the next one, dealing with disasters, man-made or natural. Here you are in your home or have access to your home, but you're without utilities, without services or transportation. So maybe the earthquake knocked out the uh, highway system. So the only way around is through the fields and jumping over big, huge gaps in the, in the earth, you know. Um, so you're going to end up having to stay where you are, make the best of it, and uh, bolster your security. Um, short term, anywhere from a day 
to a month or two. Now this is, um, if you start noticing this, short term anywhere from a day or a month or two. It doesn't say a year or more. So when you get past a month or two and you're still in this circumstance, it's time to start thinking about possibly going to that first situation that we talked about, that emergency evacuation. Once you used up all the supplies in your in your area, once you've gotten to the point where your your provident living supplies are starting to run out, it might be a good time to start thinking about, okay, maybe it might be time to go. So this is short term, anywhere from a day to a month or two. After that, you need to start thinking about things a little more uh, in, in the future and, and deciding whether it's going to get better, assess the situation, and then decide whether you should stay or go. Localized emergencies are the causes, uh, natural disaster, weather-related disasters, hurricanes, storms, power outages, civil unrest, riots, terrorism, etc. Okay, so like for example, um, several years ago there was a hurricane um, called Hurricane Katrina. Um, it went through and destroyed a lot of the coast and um, some people stayed in place even though they were living through the freaking hurricane and they stayed there for a little bit afterwards and then they realized that um, everything wasn't going to be coming back really quickly and uh, then they had to make the decision that okay yeah we need to leave um, and making that decision after the disaster when you knew there was an evacuation <laughs> it made their evacuation incredibly difficult. And for those people who had a lot of uh, people who were um, uh, in need of special help, like could not walk themselves out, had wheelchairs, uh, people who were elderly, who had, um, you know, breathing problems, you know, walking for 15 kilometers, <laughs> not going to happen. Um, so, it's best that when these emergencies are predicted and they let you know that they're coming, if there's an evacuation possible um, and you have people who are kind of um, have deficits of, of ability, it would be probably the smarter thing to evacuate rather than hanging there and staying through. Okay, so that's what this is all about. Um, your special emphasis is on emergency supplies and emergency skills um, for, for dealing with natural and man-made disasters that you're going to be staying in your home but not have access to utilities, services, or transportation. Okay, so that's, that's what we're going to be covering today. Um, I've talked your leg off today <laughs> about this. Um, and uh, we'll be doing another podcast here pretty soon concerning this. Um, hopefully I'll get this out to you fairly regularly. But I'm doing this during a time where I'm literally preparing. I'm literally uh, building on my house and getting things done and getting ready for a possible sale of my house. Um, and looking at going to an area that I can... Uh, better shelter in place. My particular circumstance is I'm close to a main artery of transportation and uh, 
unfortunately, when stuff goes bad, um, I'm going to have a lot of people on my doorstep because the, the main artery of transportation dro drives right through here. So I, I don't see how this is very defendable. I don't see how the circumstance that I'm in currently is going to be, um, under longer circumstances, able to support myself in this area. So I'm actually in the um, process of finding a better place to be. And uh, because I see the walls closing in around <laughs> and uh, in my country, the uh, cold, icy hands of tyranny have reached in and started to grab people so um yeah so i'm sitting here thinking okay <laughs> um you know it, it's it's really is time to to start thinking about this unfortunately um a lot of my family doesn't see this uh, a lot of my family is uh, willingly blinding themselves to the circumstance and they think that uh, this tyrannous government is going to look kindly upon them because they have uh, followed everything that the tyrannous government has said to do. So <laughs> I don't see my family, extended family, thinking that this is a bad thing and is literally going to take um, some of these man-made disasters happening before they wake up and it might be too late. So I have to put myself in an area and in a place where I believe is the best for my family. And then I guess I have to <laughs> preach the word <laughs> and ask them to come join me, ask them to come, um, um, to a, a more, uh, or a less populated area, a less accessible area, but some place that is able to support provident living. So, <laughs> yeah, not not the greatest thing. However, um, I'm going to uh, close this off and leave you guys with uh, with a prayer. Um, I'm with this particular. Uh, um, subject i'm going to be closing with prayer I, I won't be opening with prayer i'll be closing with prayer and uh i just ask that uh as as you listen to this it would be a great thing if you were to be able to pause what you're doing and maybe bow your head and listen to this prayer and if it is something that applies to you at the time um maybe Think about this prayer as, as I'm saying it. Maybe say a prayer of your own. So, um, and, I, and I do this not so that um, I'm trying to prove my spirituality to you. I don't really have to do that. Um, I am doing this because I'm asking for blessings for myself and my family. But I'm also looking out into the internet and seeing those people who are out there and i'm also asking for help for them for you 
um, so that you guys can get yourselves to a, a better location, whether it is um, staying and staying and playing in your house or whether it is finding that place that you need to be to be more secure and safe. So <clears throat> if you would bow your head with me. Our dear Father in heaven, um, I am very thankful to thee for the, the lessons and things that I'm learning about here in this book, for the lifetime of preparedness that thou hast been um, pushing me towards. Um, and I'm thankful, Father, for the... Um, the internet and, and the ability for me to reach out and possibly help some people out in in the world. Father, at this time, we as uh, uh, my, my audience and, and myself, we ask Thee to please bless us that we may be able to understand these principles of provident living, that we may be able to... Um, be able to start putting stuff away little by little, that we may be able to start educating ourselves about the current events, that we may be able to be humble and teachable, and that we might be able to listen to thy guiding voice um, and the voice that is found within us, that uh, we can listen to it so that we help our particular situation in in the things that we're doing father please help me in this time that i am deciding where to go and what to do and and how to set things up so that i may be able to provide better for my family um, and help us my audience and and myself that we may be able to secure ourselves against the coming storm. Uh, Father, we ask thee, please bless us to um, be able to be a light unto others as well. As we are learning these principles and these things, that we may be able to share them with our friends and family, to share them with those in our churches, to share them with those people within our, our civil society, and uh, be able to... Um, be the salt and the leaven. And these things, Father, we ask in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, friends, and we'll see you next time.